Genesis chapter 2 is where we want to begin tonight, and we want to continue with this that we began last week on the character of Christ. And uh, we're looking at this for a number of reasons, but the primary reason is because there are places the Lord wants us to go. There are places that the Lord wants to take the, the body of faith builders, and we have to cultivate our character to go there. And again, very often when people hear the word character, they immediately think sinfulness. They think uh, 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 smoking, drinking, chewing. Well, that's not, that's part of it, possibly. But character is deeper than that. Character, as we looked at last week, is the root issue. It's, 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 it's what makes a person who they are. And character is not born in the fires of adversity. Uh, characters cultivated as we sink our roots down in the Word of God and into Christ. And that's so important because every time when God begins to take a body to cer a certain place, it's not just the, the minister, the pastors that have to cultivate their character. The whole body has to. There's a New Testament example of this or an Old Testament example of this, and, and I know that, that uh, you know, people will say God dealt differently in the Old Testament. God's character was not different in the Old Testament than it is in the New Testament. It was in the Old Testament that God said he was merciful and kind and just. Is that right? And so when the people of Israel came over into the promised land, they were going somewhere they had never been. Joshua said, the Lord told Joshua, tell the people to follow close because you've never been this way before. And he said, when you go into Jericho, he said, don't touch anything. That city is set apart. It's consecrated for me. Is that right? He said, it's holy. It's set apart. Now, here's the thing. So to not touch anything, what did that require? character and there's ever how many millions of israelites we don't know how many thousands went up against jericho but the army and the people marched around the walls and one guy took a wedge of gold and some silver and a goodly babylonish garment and nobody got to move forward Right? And, and I know right there, especially if you were raised Pentecostal, right about there is when they go, there's sin in a camp. <laughs> All right, well, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about character. Did Achan's character affect everybody else? Nobody else touched anything. So it was possible not to. Achan touched it. And until that was removed, that body, we could say, couldn't move forward. When we preach on building faith, and we preach on faith, and we preach on prosperity, that's for everybody in the body. The character of Christ is for everybody in the body. Amen. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 8, notice this. 
And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that's pleasant to the sight, good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now notice something. I've heard people say this before. Well, he had the tree of, the, of life and, and, you know, then the tree of death. There was no tree of death. There was the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Verse 15 of the same chapter, the Lord took the man, put him in the Garden of Eden to dress it and keep it. And the Lord commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat of it, for in the day that you eat thereof you shall surely die. So there was no tree of death. There was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. Now Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, The serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Well, based on the last two verses that we read, did God say they could eat of every tree of the garden? He did. Is that right? Notice the Lord said in verse 9, chapter 2, uh, he grew every tree that's pleasant, good for food. Verse 15, he went down and he said, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, don't eat of that one. But he did say, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. Notice, and the enemy said, Has God said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said, you shall not surely die. God knows in the day you eat, your eyes will be open, you'll be as God's knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw the tree was good for food, pleasant to the eyes, a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and ate and gave to her husband, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were open. They knew they were naked. They sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. So the answer to the question was God said we could eat of all the trees. But Eve went further. And here's her problem. She did what was wrong thinking she was doing what was right. Her thinking got skewed. They were to eat of the fruit of all the trees of the garden except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Can't eat of that one. I can eat of all the trees of the garden. Now think about this. So what's the issue here? Character. God said I can eat of all the trees in the garden except the tree in the middle of the garden. Right? 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Now this is important that we saw this, the fruit, they could eat of all the fruit of the trees. But it said, of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. The fruit. 
1 Corinthians 15 and verse 21. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. As in Adam all die, in Christ all shall be made alive. Verse 26. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. The reason there was no tree of death in the garden is that death was never in God's plan. It was never in God's plan for there to be death. Death did not come from God. People will say, well, it came from the devil. No, it didn't. It came from man. And it came from man because he ate of the wrong fruit. Notice what he just said. Since by man came death. Not by the devil. By man. The devil didn't eat the fruit. Man ate the fruit. Death came from man because he ate of the wrong fruit. People die today because they eat of the wrong fruit. Hallelujah. The tree of life represents the character of God. That's God. God is life. God is light. God is love. All right? It represents the character of God. God only has life to give. God has no death. He has no sickness. If, uh, if you did not watch Healing School on Tuesday... Uh, you should either go back and look at it on YouTube or Roku or get the CD or whatever because we dealt with a whole lot uh, about this character issue of God. And uh, it represents the character of God. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil represents death. In the day that you eat of that tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall surely die. The day you eat of the fruit, right? In Galatians 5, Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. The fruit of the Spirit, your reborn human spirit, is what we're after. That's what we're after. Do you see that? This is not the fruit of the Holy Spirit. This is the fruit of the reborn human spirit. All right? Now, see, understand, people will read that verse 22 and see the word Spirit capitalized. Well, there's only one word for spirit in the entire New Testament. It's the word pneuma. Only one word for spirit. And you've got to determine by the context whether it's talking about your spirit or God or the Holy Spirit. Well, these fruit are not in the Holy Spirit. They're to be cultivated in our spirit. When I receive the Holy Spirit, I receive the ability to cultivate these fruit, but I have to cultivate them. You know, anybody can plant a seed, but not everybody can bring a plant to perfection. Right? 
Anybody can plant tomato seeds. Not everybody will have tomatoes. Because there's the cultivation process. Every person in this room, to my knowledge, is born again. So that means because you're born again, you have the ability and the potential to produce this fruit. But it has to be cultivated. And how is it cultivated? It's cultivated, number one, by sinking my roots into the Word of God and into the things of Christ. And it's cultivated, number two, we're going to talk about this, by me putting my flesh to death. Amen. That, so that's what we're after. This, these verses describe a solid Christian. That's a solid Christian. You're, you're not out to be a flashy Christian or a flamboyant Christian. You're out to be a solid Christian. There's no greater compliment that can be paid to you than that person's a solid believer. They're solid, right? There are five root attitudes of a Christian. Number one, humility. That's, that's the first root attitude of a Christian. The most outstanding characteristic of Jesus was not power. It was humility. The Bible says the reason that he received his name from God is because he was willing to humble himself and become obedient unto death. The Bible says in Philippians 2 that he humbled himself and took on the guise of a man and came into the earth. It was humility. You know, the Bible says uh, you'll see Jesus, he'll, he'll make statements uh, throughout the Gospels He'll heal somebody and he'll say, now see that no man know it. And people, I've had people say, well, why would he say that? I mean, because Isaiah prophesied about Jesus that he wouldn't talk about himself. And he would not make his name great. He didn't go around blowing his own horn. Right? He wasn't healing to be seen. He was healing because it's the nature of Jehovah Rapha to heal, and God was in him doing the works. Jesus humbled himself and became a vessel for the Father God to reconcile people to himself. Glory to God. Think about that. So it's humility. So the first root attitude of a Christian is humility. And humility can just simply be defined as a, 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 if we can say it this way, somebody that doesn't have a overly exaggerated estimation of themselves. It's not all about me. When you look at different things, offense, uh, anger, uh, frustration, those are all rooted in pride. Well, they did me wrong, so it's all about me. If I'm humble, it's all about the other person. I don't know why they did that, but I'm going to forgive them. I need to forgive them. Right? That's humility. That's being humble. Uh, the second one, the second root attitude of a Christian, meekness. Now, meekness, again, is something that people think when somebody's meek, they're very quiet. You know, they're Well, but meekness means gentleness it means mildness it's tied to humility 
Meekness means gentleness, mildness. Somebody that's gentle, mild, no extremes. That's one of the root attitudes of, Christian, of a Christian. That keeps us stable. If, if I'm humble and I'm meek, I'm going to be stable. Right? The same. This produces sameness. Amen. Uh, number three, forgiveness. That is the root attitude of a Christian. Forgiveness. That's, that's the root system. You know, and, and I'm not going to take time to get into all this, but, you know, forgiveness is not just uh, how a lot of people put it. Well, you know, I forgive that person uh, because, you know, I got to walk in love, so I'm going to forgive them. Forgiveness is forgetting. If I forgive, I forget. Why? Because love is, forgiveness is rooted in love. And 1 Corinthians 13 says that love pays no attention to a wrong that it has suffered. And it carries the idea of a bookkeeper that's bent over his desk doing recording the figures. And he's recording every figure. Love doesn't do that. As a matter of fact, one translation says love does not record the figures. Amen. Do, do you see that? And, and I can see this, this, this fruit from the other side. We'll talk about it here in a minute. The fruit from the other side because it wants to remember. It wants to remember what was done, how it was done wrong. Is that right? But forgiveness, I mean, think about this. When God forgave your sin, what did he say would happen? It would never be remembered against you. Well, by who? Well, he wasn't talking about people because people remember everything you did. He's talking about him. When God forgives you, the only way God could make you a new creature, the only way God could say you were a species of being that never existed before was for him to actually Forget who you were and recreate you in Christ. If you think God remembers your past, you don't know God. Because he doesn't. And he doesn't hold it against you. He said that in the Old Testament. He said in the Old Testament, I'll forgive your sin and I'll put it in the sea of forgetfulness. Never to be remembered against you. In the Old Testament. Well, how much more in the New Testament? And, and here's something else. If you're a new creature, new means new. I say new means new. Right? If you move into a new house, you don't move into a new, and I'm talking about brand new. I don't mean new to you. New house, brand new. You had the house built. Somebody built it. You don't move in and expect to find Kool-Aid stains on the carpet, right, and handprints on the wall. It's a new house. 
Nobody's lived here before. There's never been a couch in here. There's never been a bed in that bedroom. There's never been anybody in here. I am the first occupant. When you were born again, there had never been another you. That the, the you that was born again, the you that was born again never existed before. And God could only do that by so forgiving you that what you were doesn't exist anymore. And that's how he expects us to forgive. That's the character that we're pushing towards. Right? Well, pastor, I'm not there. Well, join the crowd. Join the I'm not there bus. But the point is, we're getting there. Hallelujah. Uh, number four, purity. Now, again, you know, purity can be, you can have your definition of, of purity. You know, there, there are people that think, uh, you know, there's different definitions of purity. But purity is pure according to what the scripture says. That's purity. All right. And the Bible says as believers that we're to keep ourselves pure, undefiled from the world. Is that right? Pastor Michelle was ministering Sunday morning on the highway to holiness. There's a highway, and it's called the highway to holiness. Well, you know, that's not a bad thing, because the scripture says in Isaiah that she read, it says that on that highway is joy and rejoicing and peace, right? So that, that means when I'm cultivating this character, it's producing joy and peace. There's a stability in my life, because I'm cultivating this root system. Amen. Number five. This is, in my mind, one of the most important ones. A clear conscience. Whew. A clear conscience. Paul said that he did something that he made it a point to exercise himself, to have a conscience free of offense from all men, from the Jew, the Greek, everybody. A clear conscience not only a clear conscience that I didn't do any of the big sins I have a clear conscience that I'm walking in humility that I'm being mild and gentle that I'm forgiving right if we build the character of Christ within us God will exalt and establish us and we'll be a tree of life For the church to produce life, we have to build the character of Christ within us. And he'll exalt us and establish us and we'll be a tree of life. If I develop a strong godly root system, I'll have no problem with the fruit I bear. Remember what Jesus said? We talked about it last week. You'll know them by the fruit. If I develop a strong godly root system, there will be no problem with the fruit I bear. It won't be bitter. It won't be sour. Right? It will be good fruit. And, and the, the goal of the Christian life is fruit bearing. Right? That's what Jesus said. He said, my desire is that you go and you bring forth much fruit. Now, what did he say about the tree that wasn't producing 
this fruit of character. He said, it gets hewn down. Right? What will God do first? Prune it. Prune it. You know, if you got rose bushes, every year you prune them. Cut them back. And every year they come back with new blooms. But if you don't prune it, it'll eventually quit bringing forth. Because when you prune it, you help the root system. You, you, you hear what I'm saying? Every time that, that God puts his finger on something, that's helping my life. That's helping my root system. That's helping the, that's helping the fruit that I'm going to bring forth. Amen. I have, I, have been, I have been in and around the ministry my whole life. My whole entire life. All right? And uh, so that's over 50 years. And when I, when I look back over that period of time, it was not big things that caused ministers that I know to get into trouble. Everybody saw the big thing, but it wasn't the big thing. It was the character issues that led up to the big thing. It was something that they wouldn't deal with. If, if I don't deal with that attitude of unforgiveness, it's going to bring forth fruit that harms me. If I don't deal with an attitude of pride, it'll bring forth fruit that's going to harm me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If I don't deal with anger, let me say, I, sh I should probably say that again. If, if I don't deal with anger, right? The Bible says don't make friends with an angry man because you'll learn his ways. In other words, I don't want you bearing that kind of fruit. Is that right? The fruit that you bear is determined by how, where I'm rooted. Look at Galatians 5. You're right there in Galatians 5. Look at verse 19. The works of the flesh are manifest. Now what that means is the works of the flesh, it literally means that the flesh is working to manifest these things in people's lives. It means they will eventually manifest. And notice, the works of the flesh are manifest, which are adultery, fornication. Now, in the Greek, that's all one word. It's all fornication. It just means sexual sin. All right, people, people try to break these up. Well, that uh, uh, adultery, obviously, is, is sexual sin within the context of marriage. But it, it would include fornication. Fornication is just all kinds of sexual sin. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness. Now, lasciviousness is an overindulgence of self. It's somebody's flesh out of control. So, right? Somebody will say, well, you know, I just, I just can't help but just do this. I just, if I eat one piece of pie, I got to eat five. Well, that's lascivious. I didn't say it was a sin, but it says it's a work of the flesh. Moving right along. Idol idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresy, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of which I tell you before, 
as I've told you in time past, they which do so, such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Is that right? Notice something. There's more fruit on the negative side than there is on the positive. More fruit on the negative than on the positive. Why? It's easy to live after the flesh. Do you know weeds require no cultivation? Right? You don't have to cultivate weeds. They just show up. If there's ground, there's going to be weeds unless you kill them. Amen. Hallelujah. So there's more fruit on the negative than on the positive. Now notice verse 24. And they that are Christ, or that belong to Christ, notice this, have crucified the flesh with the affections or the passions and lust. If we live in the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. Now, the Amplified Bible says, that we've crucified the godless human nature. The godless human nature. And why do we have the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Because of Adam and Eve's sin. That's why we have the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, notice what it says. We have to crucify our godless human nature. Why? Because that's where the fruits manifest. The fruit is manifest in the flesh. It's not manifest in my spirit. It's manifest in the flesh. So, now, now but notice, notice this. They that are Christ have crucified the flesh so it's a simple question simple answer so who crucifies my flesh i do the amplified bible says it's the godless human nature amen we don't want the fruit of the flesh so it has to be crucified if you don't want weeds, you got to kill them. Is that right? T -t Tell your neighbor, if, if I don't want that fruit, I have to crucify the flesh. Amen. When I, when I was a young teenager coming up in church, I had a, I had a, we had a number of favorite Christian bands, but uh, I had a particular one, and they had a song uh, called Killing My Old Man, and it was all about these verses, Killing My Old Man, and uh, I had a buddy that uh, 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 he was in there listening to that song one time, and his dad busted in the door and said, what are, what are you listening to? You're listening to that music, it's messing your mind up, you're singing songs about killing me, and killing my old man. 
that wasn't what he was talking about. But if I don't want the fruit of the flesh, it has to be crucified. Hallelujah. Now, crucifixion is not popular. But it's something that has, Paul said, I die daily. The Bible says that we were crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, we live, yet not us, but Christ that lives in us. Right? But then there's that keeping, there's that maintenance, there's that consistent keeping those attitudes and those character traits at bay because they come back. You hear what I'm saying? The key is we have to keep it there. The flesh is crucified. I've got to keep it there. That's in my thought life. Right? What you think on is what you're going to eventually act on. And that's not just something that, that uh, uh, again, one of the bad sins. If, if you think long and hard enough about how somebody mistreated you, you're going to produce the fruit of offense. Right? Because you're thinking about it. But yet love pays no attention to a suffered wrong. So which is the character of Christ? To pay no attention to a suffered wrong or think about it until it produces fruit. Pay no attention to a suffered wrong. The fruit of the flesh stinks. Well, why does it stink? It's dead. It stinks. The flesh stinks. The character of the flesh stinks. Folks, if, if, our, if our witness as believers is going to be credible, we have to cultivate the character of Christ. Has to. It, it has to be that way. Amen. One time, uh, my mother, we used to go stay with my grandmother every summer in Kentucky. And uh, one night, uh, they had, she had went with my, my aunt, and they had went to visit another aunt that we have, that I have, they're in heaven now that we had. And on the way back, they hit a skunk. I mean, not kind of got one. They hit it full on. When they pulled up in front of the house, you could smell the skunk. Now, none of them were skunks, but they smelled like a skunk. The Bible says you're a new creature in Christ Jesus, but we can smell like the flesh. Right? Fruit associated with the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. What is it? Number one, pride. Pride is an overestimation of oneself. An overestimation of one's importance. All of us are important to God. Every person on this planet is important to God. All right? You cannot overestimate how important we are to Him. But I have to limit how important I feel I am to myself. Because I can feel like I'm so important, I should be able to get offended. After all, what they did to me. Or I'm so important that, you know, 
I can talk to you ugly and it's okay. Because after all, I'm a busy man. That's an overestimation of myself. The Bible says to have a what? A soft answer. Is that right? Number two, anger. Oh, you got to watch anger. I, I, even hear, I even hear people nowadays, anger, and they try to call it righteous indignation. It's just anger. I was, talking to, I was talking to my neighbor the other day, and he was talking about how he hoped this season we're moving into is better. Everybody's so angry. Well, why are people angry? They didn't get their way. Amen. Think, think about this. People will talk about things. What, why do people get so angry? They didn't get their way. If November 2022 rolls around and the election doesn't go the way a lot of Christians want it to go, you're going to have a bunch of pouty babies that are pouting and angry because things didn't go the way they wanted it to go. If it goes their way, they'll be raising the roof. They'll be dancing and clicking up their heels. But the character that we want to cultivate is we're the same regardless. It, it doesn't change. Nothing has changed. Our vision, our purpose, our, our focus cannot change. Well, pastor, you're hard on Christians. Somebody's got to be. I heard my pastor say uh, uh, many, 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 many times when he was preaching. He said, you know, people say you're hard on us. No, I'm not hard on you. I'm direct with you. I demand a lot out of you because we, we've got to cultivate our character so we can raise up a spiritual production center and produce life, city, state, nation, and world and build people's faith and frame their world by the word of God. That has to be done. And God's pouring out His Spirit in our services. He's pouring out His glory. He's pouring out manifestations of financial victory, physical healing, putting things back together. God is showing us that He's doing what He said He would do. We have to cultivate our character to go to that place that He wants to take us. Amen. And that means that we're doing what God said that we're supposed to do. We're praying for our leaders. We're praying for those that are in authority that we might lead a quiet and peaceable life and that they might come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. I won't be found on that bandwagon that's angry. No, but my nation isn't what it used to be. Well, no, of course it's not. In the end days, wicked men and seducers will get worse and worse. The Bible says it will get worse and worse. But we're not supposed to be looking at things getting worse and worse. We're supposed to be going from glory to glory. You've got Christians that are, that are looking through such a skewed viewpoint that they don't even understand that the end times for the Christian is a very prosperous time because God's pouring out more of His blessing so the gospel can get out. The poverty shows up after we're out of here. If you think everything's going to fall apart and the economy's going to fall apart and there's going to be bread lines, you, I'm, I'm just telling you, you do whatever you want to, you're mistaken. You're mistaken. And people say, how do you know that? Because it's not in the Bible. If I could find it in the Bible, I'd agree with you, but it's not there. And it's a lack of character to get up and be theatrical and be over the top 
just because you want somebody to think you're a prophet or you're a big person that knows a lot. Preach the word. That's what Paul told Timothy. You preach the word. Rightly divide the word. That word, preach the word, rightly divide it, cut it straight. Cut the word straight. Just give me the unadulterated word. Tell me what's going to cause me to grow so I can move into what God wants me to move into. If I'm wrong, Lord, show me. If I've missed it, show me. If I need to change something, show me. Not going to blame it on somebody else. I'm not going to blame. Amen. Hallelujah. Do you understand that? I got to watch that anger. I got I got I got to watch how it creeps up on me. Right? I uh I was going home today. I went and picked Lily up and I started to get on the highway to go home and it was backed up all the way accident. I mean backed up all the way across the bridge, all the way back to Cantrell. So I thought, here's what I'll do. I'll whip around, and I'll go down here, and I'll get on 30 and, and go the back way. So I got on 30, and, and no sooner did I get on 30, and we stopped. Stop that way, stop this way. You know, you just want to say, my God, is this a city of perpetual construction? Right? Amen. No, I just had to. Be thankful and kick the air up a notch and thank you, Lord. I'm in a nice car and, and right, got plenty of gas and got air conditioned and praise the Lord. They say that's a little thing, but how many people are seething by the time they get to work every day? They're speaking in a tongue. Think, think, think about this. And I'm not, I'm not saying you. I keep myself in mind here. If traffic can anger me, what's that say about my maturity level? If, if, if I'm always accelerating, you know, the person, you know, there's always that guy, right, that stays in the left lane. He knows the left lane's closed. And everybody else trying to get over. And he stays in the left lane and gets right up to the barrel and wants to get over. And you know what you want to do. You had all this time to get over. You're not getting over now. No, sir. No. No. Ha, ha. We think about that, bozo. Ha. And your flesh goes, boy, you showed him. But you showed something else. That this, this, this pride, this anger. Listen, I'm talking about me. I, I, I do a lot of living in the car. You understand? I mean, that's my office. One, one, every other Monday, that's my office for six hours. So here's, here's my point. Right? Here, here, amen. Faith force one. That's right. Here's, here's my point is I've had to learn. It doesn't matter. If they cut you off, it doesn't matter. Thank God you were kept. If they, if they, if, right? If, if brother, brother Bozo stays over in this lane, brother, you know, he stays over in this lane and, and gets up. It, it doesn't matter. I mean, in the long-term scheme of things, it doesn't matter. Yeah, but he's going to make me late. You can, you, can, you can afford the five minutes. Amen. 
You're waiting in line at Dunkin' and all you want is a coffee. Just a coffee. And you get up to the, and you, and you pay for it. I just want a coffee. Just a coffee. How long does it take to get a coffee? Just a coffee. I just want a coffee. I mean, how long does it take? And that's what you're saying in your car. My Lord, how long does it take to get a coffee? I mean, I can understand if you were getting a foo-foo drink. One of them girly drinks, but this is a coffee. Let's see, it's sneaking up on me. It's just coffee. But, right? And I know that's funny, it's humorous, we've all done it. Right? I remember one time, I was this back when I went to McDonald's. Years ago, this has been 35 years ago, long time ago. And uh, I, was, I was traveling late at night. I say late at night, it's kind of late, maybe 9 o'clock. And I saw a McDonald's. I was hungry. I saw a McDonald's. The sign was on. And you know, back then, if this light was on on the sign, you figured the restaurant was open. So I pulled in. I go up to the drive-thru, and, uh, and uh, uh, I uh, uh, was getting ready to order my meal. And the guy said, uh, I'm sorry. We're closed. And boy, it came out of my mouth. I said, turn your sign off then. <laughs> and I pulled out of the drive-thru, and I had to stop right by the sign, and he turned the sign off. <laughs> I had to laugh, but I wasn't laughing at him. I was laughing at me. I thought, boy, I'm glad you don't have like a Jesus bumper sticker or, or... <laughs> right? Now, I, if you give me five minutes, I'll be done. But Right? bitterness fruit associated with the knowledge of good and evil bitterness as 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 opposed to forgiveness bitterness the bible says that's one of the things we have to watch for is that no bitter root begins to spring up uh immorality immorality and uh you know, immorality is not hard to define. It's anything that's immoral. That's just it. If it's, if it's not good morals, then it's from the wrong fruit. Number five, guilt. That's, that's the fruit of the flesh. And that is the wrong root system. That's the wrong root system. Notice, this will be our last verse, Colossians chapter 3. Glory to God. Colossians chapter 3, verse 5. Mortify, therefore, your members which are on earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, covetousness, which is idolatry, for which things sake the wrath of God comes on the children of disobedience in which you also walked some time when you lived in them. Put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing you've put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man that's renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Notice this, you have put off the old man with his deeds and you have put on the new man. Is that right? When we 
When we don't have the right fruit in our lives, we stink. When we don't have the right fruit in our lives, we stink. To put on the new man, a renewed knowledge is required. I'm going to put on the new man. I've got to have a renewed knowledge. And my mind and my understanding is renewed by the knowledge that I put into it. I heard one man that, I, that, I, that I, has helped me tremendously. He said, he said, no matter where you've been and how you were raised, he said, you have the ability to change that because you can put different stuff in your mind. My mind and my understanding is renewed by the knowledge that I put into it. And so I can, I can renew that by changing what goes into my mind. And, and it is the word of God. That's the most important thing that I need to put in my mind. But I need to put, I need to put right words into my mind. I need to say the right things about myself. Right? Your, your self-talk about yourself is so important. I mean, you need to be declaring over yourself what the Word of God says consistently. Amen? How, how, however you do it. Amen? I mean, I've, I've told myself for so many years that I'm a champion, and I'm, I'm a winner, and I can't lose. I just can't. It's, it's, it's impossible. I can fall in an outhouse and come out smelling like a rose. It's, it's just, it's just that's, that's the life that, that God has, has given us. But here's what I want you to see. That had to be renewed by the knowledge of God. I wasn't raised that way. I was raised with the wrong root system. I was raised thinking you're always going to struggle. You're always going to have a hard time. Right? That was the wrong root system. So the comparison of the root attitudes, real quickly, roots of the tree of life, humility, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, pride, Tree of life, meekness, knowledge of good and evil, anger. See how they contrast? Forgiveness, bitterness, purity, immorality, and a clear conscience, guilt. So I've got to ask myself consistently, what kind of roots do I see in my life? What kind of roots do I see in my life? You know, if you go to the dentist and they say, well, you know, I'm, I'm starting to see evidence of, we're seeing some roots here on this tooth or, or up here. Well, that's, that's, that's evidence of something. That's, if, if, the, if the roots are showing, that's evidence that I need to do something here. The, the roots are the key. What, what am I rooted in? If, I, if I'm rooted in the character of Christ, I'm going to be drawing from that. And, and, I want to, and, I'll, and I'll end with this. And I, and I want to make sure that I'm cultivating that in everything that I do. You, you, you've got to be cautious about letting things slip, letting things slide. And what I mean by that, you've got to be cautious what you're watching, what you're listening to. Because that begins to erode my character. Right? It's important. It should, it should uh, bother us. 
to hear cussing. It should bother us to hear vulgar speech. Uh, it should bother us to hear racist speech. It should bother us to hear godless talk. Paul, he went to Athens, and I would say Paul's character was cultivated. It said he went to Athens, and it said his spirit was, was wounded. It was hurt when he saw all the different gods, all the altars. His spirit was touched when he saw that. And, you know, that, that's important. Because I've had people say, well, you know, pastor, that's legalistic. No, that's safe. That's safe. I've had people come to me and say, oh, yeah, that was a good movie. They, you know, they only used the Lord's name once. Once? How many times is too much? They called your God the dammer. And he said, I'm the life giver. So at the very least, they lied about God. Why would I watch that? Am I helping you with that? Well, Pastor, that's old school. I know. It'll keep you safe. It'll keep me unspotted from the world. I say, when, when we dabble in immorality, when Christians dabble in immorality, they're opening doors. For instance, what the, what, what the Bible says about keeping ourselves pure, keeping ourselves unspotted as single people, keeping ourselves pure from the world and unspotted. There's a reason the Bible says that when a man and a woman are intimate, they become one. And what did Paul say? He that joins himself to a harlot is one flesh. Is that right? When, when you get involved intimately with somebody, you're partaking of whatever spirit they are. And then I'm, op I'm opening a door. I don't know what's going on. I'm opening a door. When I look at something on TV that's ungodly, I'm not only looking at something and affecting me, I'm affecting my home. I'm affecting my house. I'm affecting my children. I'm affecting whoever comes into my home. And, and that's, that is something that has kind of went out the window, so to speak. But if you walk into somebody's house and you feel a presence of the peace of God, that was cultivated. That didn't just happen. You can be assured there's things that's not watched and things that's not listened to. There's no arguing and strife in that home. Somebody is working on cultivating their character. If you go in a home and there's oppressiveness and there's fear, you can be assured that there's no boundaries. You can be assured there's arguing and strife and fussing. And I'm not talking about a sinner. I'm talking about a Christian. And that doesn't make them bad people. It just means that there's some fruit that needs to be cut off. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't know why I mean to go down that road, but I'm, but, I'm, but I'm telling you, don't let anyone pressure you in to violating the fruit that you're supposed to be bearing. It's just not worth it. Amen. Hallelujah. I hope you received something tonight. Praise the Lord. I did. Glory to God. Let's stand up, shall we?
an hour and seven minutes of power. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You'll never be sorry for cultivating your character. Amen. Never, ever. Praise God. Well, don't forget, of course, Sunday morning, we'll be back with another great message. The Lord will meet with us and bless us. Hallelujah. I am uh, so excited. Uh, Pastor Michelle's new book comes out in September with Harrison House. We're excited about that. And uh, then she goes Wednesday to film with Kelly Copeland on her program. And so we're excited about what God's doing. Uh, he's doing what he said he would do. And uh, we're just, uh, somebody asked me the other day how things going. I said, well, I'm running to keep up. So that's a good thing. Hallelujah. God's good. Amen. Come on, say it with me tonight, would you? The vision of this church is to build people's faith and frame their world by the word of God. You and I will always be world changers. God bless you. Thank you for joining us for this message. We would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer request or want to share how this message has helped you, send us an email at main at buildfaith.net. This message and many more materials are available to you free of charge, can be found at buildfaith.net or at any of our location media stores. As always, keep the switch of faith turned on and build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God.